Welcome to episode 77 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kevin Buckley, founder of Tory Pines Law Group, and Neil Thompson, a patent agent at the firm. Kevin and Neil talk about the increasing use of artificial intelligence in pharma and how that is affecting the realm of intellectual property. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Kevin and Neil. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at trueserumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, I'll be interviewing Kevin Buckley, founder of Tory Pines Law Group, and Neil Thompson, a patent agent with the firm. Kevin and Neil are here to discuss IP strategy as it relates to pharma and artificial intelligence. Thanks for joining me today, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. So Kevin, how is AI being used in pharma and what are some of the IP issues coming to light as this technology becomes increasingly popular? AI is being used in a number of new ways from drug discovery all the way through to enhancing the speed and accuracy with which clinical trials are being done. With respect to drug discovery, AI is being used not only for discovering new drugs to cure important diseases, but also repurpose old drugs for the treatment of these new conditions, including COVID. We go on to matching drugs to patients, matching patients to drugs based on the genotypes and phenotypes of these patients. We're also seeing our clients get into matching patients to clinical trials based on genotype and phenotype and all of the various data which machine learning, deep learning, and other AI technologies are enhancing uh, our clients' abilities to analyze. So how is IP protected when it comes to the data, the end products, and the IA technology itself? Who owns what and what is patent eligible? Well, when it comes to the data, the end products, and the AI technology, it's all patentable, but it depends on the way in which you go about trying to get the patent. Kevin mentioned the Alice decision, and that's from 2014, and it essentially gave us this framework in which to determine what's patentable. So essentially, if something is deemed an abstract idea, a law of nature, or a natural phenomenon, it's not patentable unless there is an inventive step that is used to treat these, these ideas. So essentially, it's you're inputting data and you're having an algorithm work through the data to eventually get in the result. That's, I guess, the easiest way to describe it. But you, you have to do more than just input the data and then have an algorithm be applied to that data to get results. And that you have to do more than that to, for it to be patentable. And that's the issue that a lot of companies are coming up against is what is this more? What is this inventive step? And there really is no answer to it. It's, it's kind of, you, you have a, on a case by case basis when you're going through the patent office to try to determine, you know, is what we are presenting the, going to be the best route to getting a, a patent. 
And one way that at least the firm is, is trying to, to get to answer this question is presenting systems and method claims. And as far as what we've been doing so far, that has been pretty effective in getting patents through. So Elaine, you can also imagine the uh, complexity of these legal analyses. You come up with the question of ownership and a lot of AI is data-driven and to have the data which is owned essentially by universities, hospital systems, when it comes to patient data, or if you're looking at certain drug data, whether it is pharmacophores or how even biopharmaceutical sequences, who owns what is really a challenge. The underlying data can be owned by one party. The AI system, which analyzes that data, can be owned by another party. So really coming to a uh, strategy whereby you're licensing or obtaining ownership of all of the data and all of the systems, that's really the best way to protect your company if you're implementing these strategies. So how are companies dealing with IP issues in relation to AI? Are they prepared for this or are, is, you know, is it all happening too fast for them to get a grasp on? Well, I don't think it's happening too fast. I think everybody is adapting. So when uh, some of our larger clients are looking to implement AI strategies in making clinical trials more effective. In other words, identifying patients who would make the clinical trials more seamless and more transparent and have a likelier positive outcome for the clinical trials that's how some of our larger clients are adapting to this. Some of our smaller clients are really at the forefront of all this. They're driving this. And so they're having no problem in moving fast, but the IP and the protection of these systems is really where the rubber meets the road. We have to adapt based on changing law, changing regulations, including good machine learning practices, which were just published by the FDA, we have to adapt to all of this in the new artificial intelligence environment. And then also when it comes to the drafting or trying to get a, a patent through the patent office, companies have to determine whether that's even a useful exercise. Kevin was saying that a lot of these companies are at the forefront of their industry. So they have that option of either filing a, a patent application or keeping it trade secret. And making that determination really is based on whether their technology is even detectable by potential infringers, because if not, then perhaps they, they make the decision to, to not file a, an application at all. So it would be really difficult for another company to, to even say that they're infringing on their technology. So what do you feel are the most imminent changes that need to be made to IP law in regard to AI? Well, as we're adapting, we're finding out that sometimes we're uh, getting ahead of our skis. Really, the Alice decision, the Mayo decision, which preceded it, all about patent eligibility, Ariosa, Myriad, these are decisions that are not able, really, to keep pace with the quickness and the speed with which AI is developing, especially as it's being implemented for pharmaceutical clients. So my humble opinion is that Congress really needs to take, take charge. We know that the federal circuit and other courts are struggling to interpret what these Supreme Court and other decisions mean. I really think it's up to Congress to come to form a law 
that is perhaps AI specific, we really need to come to terms if as a country, we're going to be saying that software, just whole cloth is not patent eligible. We're not going to be patenting software or we are with respect to AI and pharmaceutical technology. We need to decide how we're going to, as a nation, protect this uh, technology and compete throughout the world. Europe does not have the same laws that we do, and they are a much easier system to get through than the United States. With all of the uncertainty, Congress needs to act. Yes, in, in also in addition to Europe, Canada has become, become easier in Canada to, to get software patents through as well. But I, I echo what Kevin said, the U.S. really needs to draw a bright line as to what's patentable and, and what's not. How has COVID played into AI-related IP issues? Well, that's interesting because it's, it's really a double-edged sword. With COVID, it created an impulse for people to invent. Our firm has been busier than ever with potential COVID diagnostics, COVID therapeutics, implementing AI in these types of R&D projects. So that all has been fascinating. Inventors have been coming out of the woodwork, including at Big Pharma, to develop these new technologies to treat and detect and essentially vaccinate against all COVID strains. But the problem also is some of the clinical trials that our clients have been involved with have been derailed. It's really hard to recruit patients when many of them are on ventilators, for example. In addition, the FDA has been somewhat slower in uh, providing its guidance for many of our clients. And so Elaine, it's, it's really a double-edged sword. We're seeing not only the, the benefit of it, but also things are being sidelined and slowed down. So as soon as this uh, COVID pandemic eases up, we expect things to get back on track. Are there any other IP issues brought on by the increased use of AI? Well, yes, worldwide. There is a patchwork of laws and regulations that impact how one goes about uh, protecting their IP throughout the world. In the United States, with the uncertainties in the Patent and Trademark Office, the uncertainties in courts of law, there really is a big question as to whether you patent these technologies and have them published so competition can immediately begin working around these technologies or keeping it trade secret and know-how. That is very complex. The speed at which AI uh, implementation of pharmaceutical technologies, the speed at which this is proceeding, if people are patenting these inventions, there is an 18-month black hole that nobody can see who is doing what. So you can imagine that every week, these many patent applications publish. It's really a scramble to try to determine what your competitors are doing because of that 18-month black hole when we can't see a publication. So to, to really adapt and try to outsmart competition is very difficult in these days when we're implementing AI in a more rapid fashion. Well, Kevin, Neil, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been really interesting learning about the new challenges AI is bringing to patent law. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you.
What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Kevin Buckley, founder of Tory Pines Law Group. And my leadership tip is to involve each of your enterprise legal, business, and R&D leaders when formulating an international IP strategy. Sometimes IP will drive your business in R&D strategy and vice versa. My name is Neil Thompson. I'm a patent agent with Tory Pines Law Group. And my leadership tip is play to your strengths and surround yourself with your weaknesses. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.